This is the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. Your hosts, Sam Harris and Nicholas Farik, digest the most interesting, informative, and topical books, giving you their biggest insights. We expose different perspectives and tools to look at the world to make you wiser than yesterday. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. My name is Nico, as usual. I'm joined by my good friend and co-host Sam. And today, as you'll see from the title of this episode, we lied to you. We said that at the end of the... What was the previous book again? The Food Pyramid? <laughs> Burn, but food Pyramid, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Death yeah. by Food Pyramid. At the end of that book, we said that I was going to be the last book of our buddy series, but we lied. So basically, what happens? We've recorded some others of the next season... And exactly. Then Nico heard about this book and was like, Sam, we've got to read this book. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, what happened? So, a friend of mine came over for dinner and he's wearing these weird ass shoes. And so, obviously, I asked him about his weird ass shoes because I love weird stuff. And he told me that he's wearing barefoot shoes, he called them, because he said that humans have evolved to walk and run barefoot and that cushioned shoes are the reason why so many people have issues in their knees, their hips, and their backs from both running and also just like have wearing shoes in daily life. And so, if you know me, you know that the best way to convince me of anything is to tell me that ancient humans did it in a certain way and we're doing it differently. And so I was immediately convinced by what he was telling me. And he told me he got it from the book Born to Run. And so I immediately texted Sam and I said, dude, Sam, we need to add another book to our body or health series. And so that's what we did. So Sam and I have just finished Born to Run, a hidden tribe, super athletes and the greatest race the world has never seen, written by Christopher McDougall. And so, yeah, yeah, Sam, what did you think of the book? I really enjoyed the book because it was mostly fun stories about running. And I'm currently doing lots of training for running ultramarathons as it is. So it was nice because I haven't had that much time to listen to that sort of content for a Mm. while. I first got into ultramarathons about this time last year. And I listened to a lot of books on the subject and haven't really had time to since. And... I've booked a lot of ultramarathons and every single one has been cancelled. So yeah, I've had three cancelled so far. I've got one booked in December running 100 kilometers around mountains in Poland, which I don't know, because wow. <laughs> I haven't yet done any shorter ones yet. It's just a bit of a big one to bite off. Yeah. Typical Sam. Yeah, classic, <laughs> classic. It's going to be fine. But no, it was nice to just sort of hear tales of people that just sort of are a bit nutty and do lots of running and try stupid stuff and what the human body can do. So from that side, I enjoyed it, and there were some nice take-homes and some science sort of spread throughout the book, but not mm. not forcibly, it didn't feel at any point like it was, this is a whole condensed amount of serious stuff for you to um, take yeah. in. It was sort of, you'll have long story for a few hours, and then like a quick, oh, and by the way, for 10 minutes, we're just going to tell you some science, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> long stories again. <laughs> it, I so. felt the book was 90% story and pretty much 10% insight. And insight and science and really like I expected. So when my friend Juan, when he told me about the book, I was expecting like the book to be focused around this, you know, this barefoot movement. But basically the book was like an 11, 12 hour listen. And it took seven hours before it finally started talking about shoes. Yeah, Uh, And it was just talking about people running. It's 90% story. It's very easy to listen to because I usually listen to it when I'm doing other stuff, like when I'm biking to CrossFit or back or or when I'm going or in a car or something. And I was always looking forward to listening because it's Mm. a really easy listen. It's approachably written. It's also like expressively read, 
right? There's a lot of screaming and exaggerations. And so I think it's a, it's a very, very easy book to listen to. Yeah. So, um, yeah, maybe let's talk about some of the takeaways. So but the basic summary is that Christopher McDougall, he had issues with his feet when he tried to run. So he's a heavy dude. He's like more than one meter 90 and he weighs like 100 kilos or something. So he's a relatively heavy dude. And so he always had issues with his feet when he was running. And so doctors kept giving him like more cushioned shoes and he kept having more and more issues with his feet. And so then he uh, started looking up stuff and started talking to people and he tried to run in shoes that have less soles or like thinner soles, less cushioning. And that suddenly started being way better for him. And it talks a lot about this tribe, the Tarahumara tribe in Mexico, which is like this ancient tribe that still lives like they did 2000 years ago. And they're basically like the running people. They just they run everywhere and they live in this very harsh environment. And just they get food by like chasing down deer, just running them down. Anyway, so that's the story. And then he talks about races, different races, different ultramarathons. And basically he organizes an ultramarathon between the Star Aumara people and the world's best ultramarathon runners. And so it's a race at the end, like an 80 kilometers race, a 50 miles race. And so that's very shortly what it's about. And then in between, it talks a bit about the science of the shoes, about food. So, yeah. Sambo, what were your uh, main takeaways? My main takeaways were... Or what is your... your what, <laughs> like, let, let's go through I, them one I mean, I have one. some points to conflict on around the uh, shoe thing. So, my, from my personal experiences, I ran with supported shoes for a while. I tried some shoes that didn't have support, messed up my knee, couldn't run for three years. Okay. <laughs> Started running again, tried a few others without sport and just couldn't really use them but i do find there is a bit more of a movement of not having a shoe drop anymore it's it's, like it's called in your shoes and so normally you have like a heel that's higher than the front that kind of like puts you more leaning forwards and mm-hmm. stuff but that's obviously unnatural compared to the flat surface of the road or mm-hmm. whatever that you're on so there are other shoes that sort of do that and you have when you're doing trail running you have less support usually and the shoe should just bend to whatever you're on so your mm-hmm. foot can like react to it whereas when you're running on road that isn't a natural surface that you used to have when you mm-hmm. were wild and like actually having a shoe with more support that kind of puts you back in line and stuff is kind of a good thing for myself so far and it's kept me more together because you mostly have been doing road. a lot of running road and yeah well i guess like you know, pavements and things are all in the yeah. line of road etc yeah. yeah so so you're not a full believer not a full believer but i haven't i guess it would be good to kind of start a bit as in not trying to run a long distance and just sort of doing like okay let's just run a kilometer each day with a barefoot shoes kind of thing there's also like a lot of different muscles you need to build up in that area Hmm. and some of the things that they say around your arch support and stuff is a natural structure that the body Hmm. kind of has and if you look at engineering structures arches are like super strong by not having anything underneath them and weight on top and if you are using arch support and stuff it does stop the point of there being any muscles in your feet to keep them together and stuff mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of interesting so i mm-hmm. mean i can't say i've properly properly tried it but maybe i'm stuck in my own self-created loop of needing these shoes that shouldn't exist because we read the nike book all about how nike came into existence mm-hmm. where they obviously don't mention the thing but in this book they say that like nike knew that shoes without any support were much better and that they sort of actually got science saying that these people weren't getting any problems and there were these coaches that were like making their athletes run without shoes 
And Nike ignored all the science in the right direction and continued to make shoes that had it. When you're like, well, if they had that science, maybe they would have just made different shoes. Who knows? But that's interesting, and I would like to know more evidence around that area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's not a very scientific book. It doesn't list any real studies. It's, it's more anecdotal. It made me think yeah. uh, about... It reminded me of Breath, yeah. which is pretty similar, which also like used a lot of anecdotes from Asian tribes and not necessarily the real science. Uh, so that being said, I talked about this book with um, my mother-in-law, who used to be an ultra-marathon runner. She did 250 kilometers in the, in the Gobi wow. Desert and, and that kind of stuff. And so she told me that within the ultra marathon community, there was like a rage around this book, this principle of barefoot running. But apparently a lot of people went back to the normal shoes. And I think I can imagine that the issue there is that we've used and we've ran with padded shoes so long that our feet were not ready yet to make a full transition. And if you train for ultra marathons with normal shoes and then suddenly try to do one with barefoot shoes, it's probably not a good idea because your feet are just not ready for that. Um, yeah, and that would completely mess you up. And because yeah. part of the thing with barefoot shoes is, is you need to land on the tips of your feet and mm. you absorb all of your weight with your leg muscles rather than just landing on your heel, yeah. which is just abrupt stop. But you have the cushioning of the shoe, which doesn't mess up all of your yeah. like supportive tissues and stuff. So it is a completely different technique and you can't run more than five kilometers constantly on your tiptoes when you're not used to it because mm. of it just uses so much extra muscles that you just haven't been using. So yeah, you wouldn't jump into an ultra marathon like that. You'd you'd be ruined after 5k for sure. So do you own any barefoot shoes? I have owned a few, not right now. Okay. Um, so you don't use them at all? No. So what I did, I bought three pairs. I've yeah, got, nice. I've got sandals for when it's warm. I've cool. got my sports shoes for sports. And I've got these the nicer daily shoes that I had to wear last weekend when it was my wife's grandma's birthday party, 90th birthday party. So I put on my nice barefoot shoes. They still look weird, right? It looks like they're so wide at the tip. It looks like you're wearing some kind of like, it's a bit clown shoey. It's it's a bit like, I don't know, like a a duck foot or something. It looks pretty weird. But anyway, I mean, I'm just going with it. I don't really care. I don't dress nicely or as nicely anyway. I'm always the person who is underdressed. So I don't mind that people think what kind of weird shoes is he wearing. Mm. But anyway, I'm, I'm not a runner which I think puts me in a good position because my feet are like, they suck anyway. So I don't run long distances. I do CrossFit. And so for CrossFit, we run, let's say two, three kilometers in a workout max. And it's also never, almost never like two kilometers in a row. It's always like five rounds of 400 meters or something like that. Yeah, you're sprinting for that anyway more. So you're always on your tips of your feet. So Exactly. Yeah, but it did change the way I ran. So I, I really noticed it even for 400 meter runs. My stride length is way smaller. Yeah. And especially, so the, the place where we run, it's actually like cobblestones, which makes it extra interesting. It's really a big difference. It's also a difference when you walk. I used to like smash my heel on the floor. And now if I walk normally, I'm like, whoa, there's a very hard impact on my heel when I just normally mm. walk. So yeah, I noticed I walk differently and I also run differently immediately by having these types of shoes. And so if I ever decide to start running more, I'll be trying to build that up with these types of shoes. Because as I said, fundamentally, I'm pretty convinced of principle of this barefoot and the fact that we don't have muscles in our feet and stuff like that Mm, definitely that does make lots of sense and pretty cool and in the book they did mention that having smaller strides is also a useful benefit instead of trying to go really long and they yeah i think they mentioned about like putting music on it's just like a really high bpm so you're just doing much smaller Mm -hmm. sort of trotting as opposed to like striding out which Mm -hmm. um i think is better yeah um (laughs) do you think about how you're running when you're doing like long distances or you just run 
Yeah, so there's some funny stuff on Ultramarathon. There's this one guy that was like 80 that sort of started running this Ultramarathon. He just did this weird like trot thing and somehow mm-hmm. managed to win this one in like the arse end of America and he just ran like all night long because he was just used to working super stupid hours. And yeah, so that's kind of cool. And I think I generally have a bit, well, I have a small short leg anyway because I just have short legs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did a lot of running with my friend who's much taller than me and sort of sometimes we'd deliberately try and do his stride length for a bit and could kind of do it but I, the thing I suffer with is more pace I just naturally go super slow unless I kind of make myself go faster which means that I never really get that tired I just oh, yeah. have to run forever it's pretty um, good for this type of yeah yeah right? for ultra marathons I'm like the right running style <laughs> but I have been really trying to force myself to run a lot faster lately and it does seem that I can run faster and just keep it going I haven't really ever finished a race like a run and felt like oh wow I gave that everything there's nothing left <laughs> so that's kind of a bad thing in some ways but I do try to experiment with faster pacing of things or shorter longer and I, I don't know what I'm doing but I have been to a proper shoe fitting running store a few months ago and that has definitely helped I feel my shoes are better and the mm. the other thing i've been looking into is so i have really bad bunions because i have quite wide feet and i used wore some mm. it first kicked off when i went skiing and i had some boots yeah, that yeah, quite yeah. fit and it went pretty bad and then every now and then i wear something else that isn't quite right and it just kind of gets worse and so the great thing about the barefoot shoes is they have separate toe things and so your toes are free and yeah, there's yeah. definitely a whole free the toe movement and i now have toe socks the whole time and i have like these feet toe spreading uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like little gel things that go in between each of the your five toes. finger feet i think yeah 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 and they are also helping uh, yeah, with yeah. the pain in general <laughs> a bit but the bunion things haven't really gone down that much they just seem to be better and when you are just like scrunching up your toes at the front of your shoes and you have these pointy shoes that just do the complete opposite thing to your feet because obviously the bones just grow apart mm. naturally from where they sort of come from where the heel is and that's why like you have like the weird shaped shoes that you were talking about so i think mm-hmm. that's also a, a major benefit of the barefoot shoes is that your toes actually stay in line and can do the things yeah. they're supposed to do so um, there's basically two things right there's yeah one part is the no cushioning which is debatable right as you noticed and then the second part and i feel like that's more accepted by everyone is give your toes the space to grow outward um, yeah. and so if you basically if you go to like an ancient tribe that lives barefoot and you look at their feet like their toes are not touching there's like a centimeter in between each toe or something it's crazy Wow, didn't realize it was a whole centimeter. But yeah, there's definitely more shoes now on the market that are much wider. And you have these foot-shaped shoes that I could show you a picture of them. But like I think Alt, A-L-T-R-A, and um, there's a few other makes. That, there's only like four makes that really do like the proper wide shoes that mm-hmm. sort of go outwards. And they have like this really wide toe box at the front. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they have helped those. me loads. The brand that I had is, is called Vivo Barefoot. Yeah. But they, so they combine the wide toes, but also the very like flexible sole and also very thin sole and barely any cushioning. Yeah. So if you're a runner and you want to like get a guide on how to run ultra marathons, I think this is probably not the best book. This is a book that's better for inspiration more than like a guide on how to start running. And that being said, the book actually inspired me. So I was really not a big fan of running, but by mm. reading this book, I can really see myself getting into ultra marathon running later in life. Like not now. Cool. But I can definitely see myself doing that stuff, like getting into that. I'll probably always combine it with strength stuff because I always feel like... So he was talking about the Ditara Mara, so the, the people that he talked about that do a lot of running. But 
they don't only run. So they live yeah. in nature. They have to climb. They have to like lift shit. They have to like roll. They have to crawl. So they do a lot of stuff, which means that their full bodies are pretty strong. And then in our Western world, you have these ultramarathon runners that look like a stick, don't have any muscles in their arms, don't have any muscles in their upper body, basically. And so I think that's probably where we lose some of the potential or some of the good results or health results that these people have from their lifestyle. So basically what I'm saying is that if I go into an ultra marathon running, I'll always try to combine it with also shorter style workouts where you lift some weights and I'll never be the best ultra marathon runner and I'll never be the best weightlifter, but I'll be pretty good at both, hopefully, at that point. Yeah, I imagine so. I did enjoy the study they did on the peak, where you peak as a runner in terms of like, I think it was like 28 or something. It's Age, yeah, 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 yeah. And sort of like, so if you're like 18 or whatever, you that's when you first start like growing muscles and you get better and better until you're like 28 and then like how much longer it takes to get bad and i think an 18 year old is the same as like a 55 year old or something yeah they said and it decreases way less compared to other sports where you just get worse and worse really rapidly and because apparently the human body's just designed more for carrying on running and it does go more into the science around we're kind of less efficient speed wise because of the two legs rather than having all four limbs on the ground but it just means we use a lot less energy and we have a much better heat regulating system and some animals basically one can't sweat and stuff Mm. and two they have a breathing maximum so like as a cheetah runs its lungs kind of go up and down in its body a bit which means they can do like one breath per per like stride whereas humans can just do whatever the hell they want breathing wise Mm. and to sleep the things and that means that like humans have beat horses over 50 kilometer races and things Hmm. and if you're hunting a buffalo or like a impala which can maybe run much faster than you you just need to keep on following it for a few hours and it'll eventually just have a crisis and just fall over and then you've caught your impala Hmm. and you get to eat Um, easy yeah (laughs) sounds so simple (laughs) so that was kind of cool yeah and does make you think okay it does mean it's like a nice one that you can carry on doing as you get older and there is a whole movement around yeah lots of people 30s and above that can't really do anything else get super into running and and i'm kind of looking forward to hopefully having a long career of it although it's not hugely brilliant for your joints but Hmm. i mean if you wear barefoot shoes it is Mm, maybe (laughs) yeah maybe i think that's that's the big question so basically i went for my shoes i went to the store so this viva barefoot store there's one here in brussels and there was a family there and so you had a dad and a mom who were wearing these barefoot shoes and also like all of the shoes that they gave to their kids were actually these barefoot shoes and i think that's mm. actually um a pretty good strat it's like from the beginning your kids grow up with just living barefoot basically every time they go to school every uh time they like go running and, and play they are basically barefoot or at least they yeah. have the shoes and I think that's the way you can make sure that the muscles grow correctly and perhaps they will be able to do ultra marathons with these types of shoes. Yeah, I'd imagine so. I did that whole month where I was living in nature and stuff. I didn't wear shoes the whole time, which you can do when you aren't in built-up places. But yeah. you can't just walk around a city without any shoes or socks on. Yeah. Uh, but if you're living Or you can, but you're like, like a real weirdo. Muddy. Yeah, yeah. But like, the first <laughs> few weeks was kind of difficult. Because like there's just odd bits of rocks everywhere, and there's like this gravity yeah. bit, and you just sort of spend the whole time be like, ow, ow, ow. But after like two weeks, your feet start to toughen up in the same way that when you go climbing. I went climbing yesterday, and I've got, I don't know, there's like a few like holes in my hands. Mm. And but if you do it for a month, you just get really hard hands, and mm. you can climb as much as you like, and it's great. Or same with like I play guitar, 
just before this yeah. call and I yeah. haven't played guitar in a month and I'm like the pads on my fingers are like damn what the hell are you doing after 10 minutes and <laughs> I can do it for a few hours so yeah just naturally the way your body adapts to stuff is really cool yeah exactly I feel like we haven't spoken about eyes at all which is kind of interesting or teeth just a uh, side note but in terms of we've done all this different things around like breathing and sleeping and parts of the body and just the way humans have been dealing with ourselves the same way that we like have modern shoes we just have ortho dentists that fix your teeth like my teeth would be shit if it wasn't for the fact that i've had yeah, braces yeah. and stuff same and man so many people have that, like that's that's laser breath. eye surgery no, and breath. glasses and stuff mm. yeah but anyway we haven't read deeply on the on the subject so i guess we can move on and that would kind of segue into more of how the brain adapts and the different sort of things that it does which is something that i kind of wanted to do perhaps in the next season because we've been talking about like dyslexia adhd mm, yep Asperger, all, the, all these different kind of mm-hmm. things that are sort of wrong with the, with the mind and there's some cool books like the man who mistook his wife for a hat is a great book it's just like studies a bunch of different people with like major deficiencies in one part of their brain and how it like just the way they perceive stuff it's a fun one. And on the subject of book recommendations, if you enjoy ultramarathons and funny things like that, because you were talking about being more of a complete athlete, have you heard of Ross Edgeley? Nope. He is a psycho. He swam around the Britain. I th- I'm not sure if it was with a two-ton log attached to him that he did that, or if that was like a different thing he did with a two-ton log attached to him. But either way... Did a lot of swimming with a log pulling behind him, and he also swam the whole length of Britain in like a record time, kind of in the same way that people row across the Atlantic, but just swimming. Yeah. And if you look at him, he looks like kind of a bodybuilder, but he also does running in ultramarathons and things, and he is huge and just kind of nuts to do those things. So he's got some cool stories That's to cool. hear out. Then Fiona Oakes is like this really short, fully vegan lady without a kneecap, and yet she's got the world record for the fastest marathons on every continent and she's got a cool movie about her called born to no called running for good because she Mm. runs like a farm that saves rescue animals and stuff and she just does all her running for charity and tries to save animals and seems like a lovely human being who's slightly nuts and does a crap load of running even though she shouldn't according to her doctors you're a type of person yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then also David Goggins is the famous one in the whole running, doing silly stuff to your body scene of late. His book Can't Hurt Me is highly motivating and will make you want to just do very extreme things. Nice. Yeah, I heard good things about David Goggins. I haven't heard about the other ones, but that sounds interesting. Mm. Uh, that's cool. Uh, the Fiona Oaks, I think you can get it on Amazon Prime or Netflix. Uh, just running for good. It's a fun hour and a half. Cool. One thing, because you talked about going fully vegan, so that's one of the things um, that also gets mentioned in the book. It's that mm. so the Taramara actually eats very little animal protein, and so he talks about how a lot of ultra marathoners also, yeah, go vegan basically, don't eat any animal products or, or little animal products, and yeah, that makes it like food is lighter, which makes it so that if after you eat, you can actually go train and go run, and if you had a big big steak, for example, that might be harder. Sam here is, is the vegetarian or the pescatarian. I'm a full-blown meat eater still. I really enjoy uh, eating meat. I enjoy the taste. But I can see why it would help 
So it was interesting. So it talked about some kind of liquid thing that Daramara make that helps them give them energy. And it's basically like chia in water with some lime juice. Hmm. Um, and he said chia contains a really ton of really good stuff. And so that's one of the things that makes the, like that enables the Taramara to do what they do. So basically now I've also changed my habits and I added chia to my uh, morning smoothie that I drink uh, oh. if I train. Yeah, chia is great. Yeah, so it's nice. I mean, I just add a tablespoon in there. Nice. I have to add more. So I drink it with milk. I have to put in yeah. more milk because I put in chia and otherwise it's like way too thick because it absorbs yeah. uh, and it thickens it. Do you put um, it in the night before? No, no, no. Just basically what I do, I have my, uh, I have like frozen vegetables that I put in there. I have like some goji nice. berries. And so I, I put frozen vegetables, goji berries, I put some oats. Um, then I put chia seeds. And I also put in, it's uh, hun, like it's bee pollen. Yeah. So I bought like, I buy like bee pollen and I also put some in there and then I let it soak for like while I do my stretching, while I do my meditation, it's yeah. pretty much like 45 minutes to an hour. And while it soaks, it's enough time to get in there. And do that's, you that's blend it and stuff. Or just yeah. have like entire bits of vegetables. Okay. Yeah. No, nice. no, no, no. Sounds great. Did I say um, frozen vegetables? I meant frozen fruit. Sorry. Uh, so like frozen berries and stuff. I thought maybe because I, I do that, but sometimes I'll put like a bit of frozen broccoli or like courgette. Is that no, we'll not nice? do that. Doesn't, yeah. Doesn't yeah. ruin it. As long as you have some nice stuff as well. No, for really me, it's, it. it's just, it's frozen berries. I put yeah. in banana as well. Um, okay. I put in like protein powder, but now I'm trying hemp protein. Just like a, oh, a scoop yeah. of that, which is, um, I mean, you don't really taste it. And then the magic ingredient is almond butter. That shit yeah. is a game changer. It's a life changer. Like I bought them at my protein, so you should be able to get them there as well. Mm. Uh, one kilo of pure almond butter, it's like 12 euros. So it's going to be like yeah. 12 pounds. It's a bit more expensive, but it's delicious. Also much yeah. worse for the climate. Is almond it? trees. Yeah, almonds yeah, are they, bad. Yeah. But it's so good, yeah, of the of the plant based milks, the almond milk is like not really much better than normal milk. Whereas like if you have oat milk, that's great for climate and stuff. Also on the fancy milks and butters, have you ever tried hazelnut butter? Or hazelnut milk? Yeah. Both yeah, yeah. of them just taste like you're drinking chocolate milk or like Nutella. It's like ridiculously yeah, yeah. tasty. Yeah. Also if they don't, expensive. well, if they add sugar, so that's quite often with the milks, they, they quite often add sugar. Oh, yeah, that's some of the milks they do. But the hazelnut one, you can get the no sugar one, it's still tasty. Maybe they put sweetener in it, I'm pretty sure the one I had didn't, but it was delicious. Hmm. I see, my no, favorite true, milk really I had good. was, have you heard of the brand Sprout? I bought one of them over lockdown because I couldn't get milk anywhere, and I bought like a six pack off Amazon, and it's like a pea milk, and it was delicious. It was so good mm. in coffee. It wasn't as extreme as the hazelnut one, which is like, okay, I'm just having a chocolate milkshake. But it was tastier than the other milks I found for myself. My dad was not convinced at all, but he doesn't mm-hmm. like anything that isn't like the real meat or milk stuff. That's interesting. You know what I'm, yeah. I've been getting into? I eat a lot of vegetable chips. So not yeah. just not potato chips. I eat like I have this brand. It's called Harvest Snaps, and it's yeah. actually pea, pea chips. Yeah, yeah, freaking amazing, man. The paprika ones, so good, and they don't have it that often. So basically, whenever yeah. I go to the shop and I it's find them, it's been in America for ages. I first saw them like ten years ago when I was road tripping. I bought so many of them, oh. came home with them, and then finally saw them yeah. in stores not so long ago. I was like, yes, yes. finally. <laughs> yeah, I've been having trouble to find them lately. So um, whenever I see them, I'm going to buy like twenty packs. Mm. And I'm like. Please don't judge me. Please. I did genuinely think about maybe being like an importer and stuff <laughs> <laughs> and like selling. Uh, I was like, yeah. there's a market for this because I eat them all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Cool. All right. Any other takeaways? I've got the main ones. Oh, yeah. So finally, so to your point, you talked about Nike for a bit. I found it interesting. Like I look back at Nike in a different light now. So I have one stat that we didn't mention is that I think 
70 or 80% of the people who run get injured, basically. Mm. That's something we didn't mention, but it's quite important. It's one of the reasons why the author was thinking like, yeah, but why is that? Like, aren't we supposed to run? And that's the title of the book, right? Humans are made to run, born to run. Running is like one of the main things that differentiates us from animals. Like mm. we can go for way further uh, and way longer than uh, any other animal on the planet, actually. So, um, I mean, that's the sweating and the breathing you talked about. But anyway, so there's quite a lot of people that get injured through running. And so the main cause of that is because we use cushioned shoes, we land on our heels, and the shock gets absorbed by the knees or the uh, hips or the back. And that's why we always like feel pain there when we run, or a lot of people do at least. Anyway, so that's one of the fundamentals of this book. Mm. Which does go into the, the smaller stride thing again, because when you are having smaller strides, you don't stride out and land so harshly on your heel. Mm. Which does tie back into that part. But wasn't the point of Nike that if you make do a longer stride, you can take bigger steps and you go faster? Yeah. Which is opposed to like this thing. I can imagine that barefoot running is not suboptimal for, let's say, a 100 meter sprint. Mm, I think you have a bit more, like some of the, the shoes now, like the springiness of them is pretty yeah. awesome. It does help a bit. It's cheating. But in terms of, when, when you look at sprinting, you're on the tips of your toes the whole time anyway. Okay. You, um, because you, you're like leaning forwards and it depends. <laughs> um, <laughs> we should test that. I, yeah. But anyway, the, the book didn't really talk about sprinting. It was more about long running. But anyway, so basically, I remember after reading the book on Nike, was it called again? Shoe uh, Dog. Shoe yeah, dog. exactly. Shoe Dog. <laughs> Man, <laughs> we're bad. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I was like, point to run. No, we just read that one. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> No, so anyway, so basically after reading uh, Shoe Dog, I was like inspired and in awe by Nike uh, because yeah. they motivated people to, to start sporting. And then reading this book, they were like, yeah, they invented shoes that put more cushioning so they can sell shit. And then they want to sell something new, so they needed to add more cushioning, stuff like that. And I'm like, mm, getting mixed feelings on that, especially yeah. just because of the seven out of 10 runners get injured fact, right? Mm, well, I've, I don't know if that's a bit of a misleading one because you're doing a lot of running. And one of the things they said was there's no correlation to having fancy shoes or like that fancy shoes mean you're more likely to get injured. And you're like, well, if you've got fancy shoes, you're probably running a hell of a lot more. And Hmm. it does just like expose you to being injured a lot more. And I just didn't feel that there was enough science going on for me to really be like, it was easy to refute it other ways just based on the few bits of stats that they told you. That's fair. Let's see. If I suddenly start doing ultra marathons with barefoot shoes. Yeah. Then, um, but again, it's probably going to be personal. Mm. All right. Let's do a little rating and then uh, wrap this up. Sure. Uh, six and a half out of ten. It was fine, enjoyable. Wouldn't make someone read it if they're into running. I'd be like, yeah, give it a try. There's a few other books that I've read on running. I'd probably recommend higher. I read the they talk about the vegan ultramarathon guy eats and his book is like eat and run or something like that. Mm. And that's half of the stories were kind of in there and more of his personal stuff was kind of more enjoyable mm. as a reading thing. Cause he goes through some crazy stuff and diet wise, it was kind of fun. Did speak so much about types of shoe, I guess, but that was a good book. And yeah, it wasn't the most crazy motivating of the ones I've read, but maybe I've read too many running books that you mm. sort of start hearing the same stories and gets a bit more repetitive, perhaps. So yeah, that was my overall feeling. Was like it was fine. You can stick it on, and it's nice. I wouldn't force someone to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. So yeah, for me, it's probably the first running book I've ever read, and I'd give it a seven. 
Well, I really enjoyed listening to it. And I, I'd almost give it an eight because um, I already gave it to a friend of mine who's into running because mm. I think it's, it's a great book. And I feel like every person that, that I know that runs should at least read this book so they can make an educated uh, opinion or research. They can like educate themselves on the fact like should i be using my shoes or barefoot shoes that's pretty much why i decided to give it and it's also just a nice listen and read and yeah it inspired me but then again like it's the first running book i read so maybe the, the others are way better and i would give this a uh, lower score if i read those but yeah i uh, i enjoyed listening to it and already gave it to people so that's always uh, i have to give it a high score because uh, yeah and you, you give it to someone you have to you yeah. bought three sets of shoes because of it so also yeah so basically I'm actually, I should give it an eight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, an eight for sure. <laughs> yeah, I should. Cool. All right. So yeah, that rounds up this episode. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, listener, for listening. Um, there's buddy books that keep coming up that are so interesting and we want to read it. But I feel like next time we're going to do the roundup episode on the, the body series. Everything we learned from every book. And we're going to do our top three. And afterwards, you can count on some investment research and books that we read. So with that, thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, see you in the next episode. Cheers. Ciao. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like what you heard, feel free to give us a rating and share with your friends. If you'd like to ask us a question or give us a comment, feel free to join us on Reason. Reason is Sam's startup that is building a social podcasting app. It is a place where Sam and I listen to podcasts and share ideas and insights. It'd be great if you would hang out with us there. Thanks again and speak to you in the next episode. Cheers.